Good morning, good morning. Wake up, wake up, wake up. All new Wake Up Show right here every morning, 6 a.m. Pacific. Matt McChesney joins me daily now, all right? Every day, Matt's going to be here with us. We're going to get this show going today. We got all NFL talk this morning, uh, plus some real talk banter we'll get into. Um, we're going to talk about the Eagles taking care of business last night, starting off 5-0. and is Jalen Hurts the guy to win them the NFC East? And Cooper Rush, 5-0, 4-0 this year. Is he the answer? And do you ever sit back and replace him with Dak again? We're going to break all these things down, plus tonight's Monday Night Contest right here on the Wake Up Call. I appreciate everybody joining. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. And we're going to get after it this morning. And uh, I'll see you in two minutes. Peace. Welcome, welcome back, man. I, I couldn't, uh, that's our new intro video, by the way, for both shows, if you didn't notice. A little more grown man, a little sexy. I had to get rid of a certain individual and take her off the screen, so you know how it is. Um, man, before I bring Matt in real quick, this show is brought to you by a bunch of new people. So we have a new sponsor, Fight Camp um, and Roman. So if you don't know who those people are, make sure you take a look and listen. Um we got a new ad, and I just want to break it down. Fight Camp is the new uh, in-house boxing um, conglomerate. And if you're not aware, go check them out. Um, make sure you pay attention real quick. This is Fight Camp, proud new sponsor of the Coach JB Show and the Wake Up Show this morning with Matt McChesney. So let me introduce you to Fight Camp. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB here on the Coach JB Show. Both the Wake Up Morning Show and the Daily Show. The Coach JB Show has it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. And I want to address everybody out there who wants to get back to skinny and tall. The Coach JB Show has a new proud sponsor, Fight Camp. Make sure you check it out. As the new year approaches, we're all thinking about our health and fitness routines. Are you looking for one of the most exhilarating and effective forms of home fitness? Look no further. Did you know that at-home boxing is one of the safest and most effective forms of exercise? Bet you didn't. Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Interactive at-home boxing, Fight Camp brings the best workouts in the world into your home and makes it fun. Boxing is a real great workout. In fact, a lot of football players, including myself, use it to supplement their training. It keeps the mind sharp, the body strong, the workouts are quick and efficient. You can work it out at halftime or even before the game or after. What makes it different from traditional boxing workouts is that it has live punch counting stats that motivates you even, even harder. So without further ado, join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99, and they even offer some great financing options. So you can get started at the low, low, low of $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash Coach JB to learn more. That's fightcamp.com forward slash Coach JB. I appreciate you. Peace.
All right, all right, all right. I appreciate you. Fight Camp. Go check them out. Fight Camp slash Coach JB. Peep them out. Matt, what's up, brother? How you doing? Good morning. How's everybody out there in Radio Land? Man, man, man. I wish people understood Radio Land. I guess we don't have we have some people that don't know Radio Land. Uh, it's, it's Fight a Camp. Tough you see the logos on the bottom, 6-7. Uh, I'm sorry, 6-0 Academy is the uh, proud um, establishment of Matt McChesney here. So make sure you check it out. We'll have a video of his uh, his business as well. So make sure you follow Matt on all social media platforms, um, 6-0 Football Academy. Um, he, is, he deals with that on a daily. He's got a lot of NFL players. He played NFL six years. So I'm sure you guys know Matt from the Coach JB Show. Uh, Quite often, he comes on during the weeks. He will be joining us every morning here. We're going to be breaking down all things football, all things NFL. And we're going to try to focus on NFL talk in the mornings. And then we'll in the afternoons, more towards college. But we'll still talk college football and some discussions on that. Um, we got a lot of things to discuss today, uh, Matt. A lot of football happened over the weekend, obviously. Damn straight. Uh, where do you – what 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 – we're just starting out this morning. Let me give you a quote of the day real quick. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat already here. Um, let me get you the quote of the day real fast uh, because I think Matt agrees. The critics are always right. The only way you shut them up is by winning. And that's more than just li- uh, football, everybody out there. It's life as well. Life so a, lot of, a lot of people don't understand uh, – uh, the critics are always right. The only way you shut them up is by winning. I think people don't understand it's a result-oriented business we're living in, and that means life. So you either win life or you lose it. I haven't seen any gray area in life. I haven't. I, last time I checked, the fucking scoreboard was the scoreboard, and whoever's <laughs> winning life wins. The losers of life, fucking, we see it every day. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, we're here on the Wake Up Call show right here with Matt McChesney. Make sure you follow him. Break it down. Uh, follow him on IG and Twitter. Uh, you put some great content out there, videos and such. So um, Six Zero Academy, make sure you check it out. Uh, he's out in Denver. Matt, a lot of games on, man. Uh, we started off with the fucking worst NFL football game of all time, the Colts and the Broncos 12-night oh. overtime game. And it got a little better this weekend, dog. I, it got a little better. I, I don't know. Dog, is this the worst era of football you've ever seen? Because it is for me. It's really bad. And I – you know, like, I, I understand that the guys are big and strong and fast. But to insinuate that Reggie White and Larry Allen and Eric Williams and Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice and all these other freaks that I grew up with, Bruce Smith and all these guys, Kevin Green, weren't big, athletic, and fast is ridiculous. Um, to be honest with you, I think if you took some of these teams right now and put them in the early 2000s, late 90s, they would get shit stomped. Because the other the other teams are playing with a more physical demeanor, they're not afraid to get a penalty flag thrown on them every now and then. I mean, the Thursday night was maybe the worst football game I've ever watched. I mean, I love I love good defense, but only when it's against good offense. I don't want to see inept offense. Um, you know, an, an inept offense and just an offense that can't get out of their own way. That's not. That doesn't mean the defense is doing a good job. That means the offense is terrible on top of the defense dominating. The fact that they couldn't score a touchdown in an NFL game and the Broncos have now won games 11-10 to 10 and lost the game 12-9 to 9, and they've got Russell Wilson who's hurt now. I love how he's hurt when they're struggling. Um, and then to roll that, on top of that, 
I don't know how everybody feels about Amazon Prime, but I think it is an absolute disaster. Number one, the set setup and the way that they've got these guys up there paraded around is ridiculous. I don't like the combination of Whitworth and and uh, Sherman and uh, Fitzpatrick. I like them individually, but Sherman and Fitzpatrick together, they just they talk over each other the whole time. And Richard Sherman seems like he just wants to get up there and talk junk about everybody the whole time instead of analyze. On top of that, I hate the fact that I have to watch a fucking game on my phone or stream it to my TV or like it's just a pain in my ass. And I know I sound like the old guy here. But, bro, I just want to come home after working all day and dealing with all these soft motherfuckers out here in the world and hit power and sit down and fucking, you know, just like you say, drink my yak and smoke my stick and fucking chill. I don't want to have to, like, decipher fucking code and, like, all this crazy shit to watch a football game on top of the fact that every five fucking minutes it cuts out or it's super grainy. I I just, the NFL is, is really fucking with a product that was perfect. And the ugh, just this weekend, I know that they're trying to hype it up on ESPN and everybody's trying to talk about how competitive it is. There's a difference between parody, all right, and just bad football, all right? Par- this is not parody. This is atrocious football on a cellular level, and it is happening rampant all over the NFL. Hey, so let me ask you that a good segue. So let me ask you this. Is mediocre? Is this mediocrity that we're seeing? Is it yes. kind of being accepted as the new greatness? Because one hundred percent is what I say, right? I say it's that like it's like the argument we had last week, and not to like bring up old shit or anything, but best, greatest, and and bestest or whatever the fuck. Like, look, this is the way it works in athletics, and this isn't a knock to anybody that wants it to be blue ribbon, so everybody's great. The only point of athletics is to determine who's the best and who ain't. If you've ever seen that meme where the meme where the, the old man's talking and he goes, you know, my mama told me that someone's always going to be a little better. And I said, nah, somebody's got to be the fucking baddest. That's how I think. That's how athletes think. That's how you think. So I don't think that there's greatest and then greatest B and greatest C, greatest D, greatest D, just because we can't rank motherfuckers. I think there's one GOAT. And then guys after him. And it's okay to be number two if the GOAT's Deion Sanders or Jerry Rice or fucking John Elway or Mahomes or whatever. So there's this like, I don't understand this narrative now in the NFL specifically where everybody's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Kyle Murray's great. Lamar Jackson's great. Herbert's great. Burrow's great. Fucking everybody's great. No, they're the GOAT. From the Jets. Great. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the GOAT, too, though, already. Everybody's the fucking they're already best. The they're already the GOAT. And everyone's not the best, and they can all get better. And this, like, early anointing, it confuses the fans, too, because the fans just sit around. And I don't know if everybody knows this, but here, we're going to wake up, call you this morning. 99% of what you hear anybody say on TV, a podcast, radio, whatever, is regurgitated bullshit that they listen to from somebody else the night before or the morning of. Very rarely do you have people with independent opinions and perspectives because most people aren't really educated on this shit. And they just look at the highlights and they're like, wow, he looks really good. I guess he's the greatest because Ryan Clark said he was or whatever the fuck. And I think that it's, it's a detriment. So much can come from being told you're not the best and you got to get your shit together. Like, 
For example, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. If you guys would do one or two things differently and really try and improve on it, how good could you be if you're this good now? So on and so forth. So, all right, all right, look, look, let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. This is my mediocrity is the new greatness. I was going right to Lamar Jackson. I did a video last night. Lamar Jackson is so beloved because I believe in my heart. People don't have the same standards, dog, as me and you once had or that was a bestowed upon us by our fucking ancestors. Yep. I'm starting to believe that this shit is really, really true. We think Lamar Jackson is the greatest thing since sliced bread because he's a good kid. He's got great character. He, he's a freak of nature. And, and he, we feel sorry for him because he's his own agent and he didn't take the bag. And, and he's going to come out. Dog, they're a three and two football team. He struggles in games late. He can't win the big game. He can't get to the playoffs and win any meaningful games. And we keep anointing him as the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, I'm like, dog, we gotta stop with the analytical bullshit and let's call it what it is. And and I, I gotta just ask you, analytic evaluations in this bullshit have caused some common sense in in, in America. Oh, common sense gone, dog. There's everything fall back on it. And there's this like candy. Wait, place, before you candy say that, go to Staley then. Tell me about fucking Brandon Staley and this Charger analytic shit. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And there's a lot of teams that are copying it too. And look, going full circle back to Lamar. I put I put this on Twitter last night and tagged you. If he doesn't, if he doesn't sign with Baltimore by the end of the season, which I think as a with the Ravens would be a massive like bad decision. You need to sign this guy and get him signed. You're not going to go find somebody better to run your system unless there's a massive flip and you trade him for somebody. I don't even fucking know. See, look, look, I, I, I disagree with you because I think the flip's about to happen because I think Harbaugh is going to be fired because he well, has that could happen too. got his way. He got his way. They, uh, they definitely he, got he created an offense that me and you know is not conducive in the NFL. They're running triple and RPO with 32, 22, 12 personnel sets that we don't see normally. And how conducive is that having zero wideouts in your team every year? I think they can win if, and this is this is the thing, if they can figure out a way to make halftime adjustments that are, are like actually going to work and that seem out of the box from what they did in the first half. You notice in all of their games, they're up at halftime and the other team comes back. Buffalo did it to them. The Dolphins did it to them. Last night was a perfect example. They got shut down in the second half bad. They couldn't do anything. So these the halftime adjustments are kind of a precursor for me for the midseason changes that need to happen. And now coming up on like week six, week seven, where you're in the middle of the year and everybody's got tape and we got a Rolodex on what you do, we're going to see if the staff can acclimate and help Lamar Jackson kind of break out of this shell. I guess my thing is with Lamar Jackson – I think the kid can play. I love watching him play. It's fun watching him. He's he's a he's you know, he's quick as a hiccup. His guys love him. All that's well and good. When it comes down to it, my question is: Do you think the Steelers would like to have Lamar Jackson? You think that would make them better? Like, do, what what teams wouldn't want Lamar? And what like if he went to San Francisco? How good could the 49ers be? I think if Lamar plays with a, with a coach that's more apt to get him in position to play quarterback, not to say Harbaugh can't do that. I just I don't know if Harbaugh is the right guy 
to take him to the next level from a quarterback perspective. And then again, asking you this as you're the guru on quarterbacks, can he go there too? That's the thing. Like, can can Lamar Jackson, can Kyler Murray, can these athletic quarterbacks, right, can they take that next step to operate in the pocket the way that they need to to extend their their career? We're we're watching Russell Wilson, who was the epitome of his of a move first quarterback, get out of the pocket, RPO. Now he's old, he's fat, and he's hurt. And he can't move, and he can't play in the pocket. His the, on Thursday night he was atrocious. So I don't know the answer to these questions other than at some point the NFL is going to figure out what you do well, and they're going to fucking isolate that and make sure you can't do it. Hey, you and got me that, itching, dog. You got me itching, dog. There's one yeah. common denominator in this, and that's why halftime game breakdowns and halftime adjustments aren't happening. Who's the common denominator? It's fucking Lamar Jackson. He can't do it. He can't do it, and that's why you have to trade him and get you some wideouts, an NFL quarterback. So and you think that they people. should trade him right now? Not right now because it's well, too they, late. They got how, franchise tag on him. How are they going to – so they can't trade him then because he's – they're going to trade him at the end the of the franchise. year? He'll deny the franchise if he don't get 300 mil. And, 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 and that's what I believe they're banking on. Listen, I was on Whitlock's show last week, and I said something that no one's talked about, mm-hmm. and Whitlock was fascinated by it. Uh, quote Interesting question. How I said it. I go, listen, they could have kicked a field goal against Buffalo. They chose to go for it on fourth down. That was fucking terrible, by the way. That was okay, okay, but let's look deep into why, okay? If he's the guy that is banking on himself and wants to pay get paid $300 million, what then then Harbaugh and the GM and, and everybody's saying, All right, here you go, dog. It's your show. Go prove the money. Go get make your money. You're banking on yourself, which I, I appreciate him banking on himself. But let me ask you, Matt. Not only did they say go win the game on fourth down, because we're we're gonna we're gonna let you hang yourself, uh, which is a fucked up term, but this is we're gonna let you go in out and hang yourself right now unless you can prove that you're the guy. But Matt. They give this guy who's not a, 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 a technically sound pocket passer. He's a thrower who's an athlete. They give him a drop back, Matt. They give him five-man five, five man pass pro straight drop back and let him read coverage and throw a fucking jump ball into the back of the end zone for a pick. Give him a sprint out, run up pass option at least. Like, that's what I don't get. I think they're giving this cat uh, – they're, they're letting him, they're letting him uh, kind of say, okay – if you're the guy, you're the guy. So they have a get-out card. They got a free pass. Do you, do you think that Baltimore is kind of behind the scenes hoping that he fails? Yes. So I, they don't I, have to pay him? I truly do. I, I, I know it's fucked up, but you know as I know, this is a real thing in that league. And Oh, absolutely. Okay, so, so here, I'm going to give you a couple. Uh, yes, tell people this. I'm going to give you a couple of options here. Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, Who who would you want? Because right. like as of as of right now, if I'm sitting in Denver and I'm going, okay, just take all the money off the table. Russell Wilson's available. Lamar Jackson's available. Who do you want? Right now, I got to go with Lamar because he's 24. Okay, cool. How about uh, let's go Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Lamar. Okay, let's go Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo. Man. I, I say the shit that no one else says, but I'm taking Jimmy G. Jimmy G over Lamar. Okay. Because uh, he's a winner him. and he wins games in the playoffs that mean 
No Thanks. doubt. No fucking doubt. Let's take Lamar and put last one. Let's take Lamar and put him on the Saints. I take Lamar right now. Saints are struggling. They have no guy to get anyone the ball anyway. So I and and they they've got that kind of run first option with the quarterback. Tyson Hill had three touchdowns yesterday. So look, yes, he's got to improve on a lot of stuff. And I hope that a guy looking at his career and going, okay, I'm probably I'm in the middle of my career right now. Do I want to be an all-time great and be a Hall of Famer? Or do I want to be a guy like, I hate to say this, but Randall Cunningham's never getting in the Hall of Fame, unfortunately. And I don't know why, other than he couldn't figure out a way to get to the Super Bowl and win big games. The 15-1 and Viking team he was on choked against the Falcons in the playoffs, and that Man, was that. let me stop you right there. People don't realize that was his best football season in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And you know yeah. what he did? He threw from the pocket to Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Chris Carter, yep. And, Jake and Reed. I believe everything before that, everyone looked at Randall as, you're this athletic cat running around. And that that's where I'm going with this is Cunningham was in Philly. Everywhere Cunningham went, he was like put into this box where they wouldn't let him do certain things. And then when he got to Minnesota, Dennis Green was like, fuck that. Handcuffs are off. We got skill players. Go. And obviously, honestly, that was the best team in the league that year. They just ran into a buzzsaw. That Denver-Minnesota Super Bowl in 98 or 98-99 would have been a fucking bloodbath. It would have been a great game. That said, if they – my thing with Baltimore, and, I, and it's been like this for years, why can't they field three receivers? Like, I understand they've had great tight end play. They've had, you know, Todd Heap, and they got Andrews right now, and – They've, they've had dudes at the tight end position all the time. But when's the last time they could field three receivers that were worth the shit altogether? And I'm not saying Bateman and Duvernay can't play, but they're not elites. Hollywood I mean, Brown left why. for a reason. Why, as from a quarterback guy and from what's going on right now in the marketplace in the NFL for the wide receiver group. Cooper Cup just got a huge contract. Debo, Debo uh, Samuel, Samuel, huge contract. Devontae. Uh, Tyreek Tyreek Hill, huge contract. The, yeah. the NFL wide receiver market is at an all-time high. We got Allen Robinson got a huge bag. He's got like six catches on the year. He's fucking horrible for the Rams. So we're, we have created this marketplace for wideouts. Now, let me ask you, Matt, how do you get the bag in the NFL? How do you get the bag in this big market wideout group? You got to have producing stats. Can you get stats and produce for a quarterback that can't hit you butt naked on a consistent basis. Can no. you get stats to go get the bag when you get, when you throw the football in the NFL 23 times a football game? No, no you cannot. And the bottom line is to be honest, it's just truth. It's not a hate thing versus Lamar. It's not a, but it's the truth why Hollywood Brown left. And he knows there's a reason why they tweet each other in the NFL and say, dog, I have proof of this, Matt. We can't go to Baltimore, dog. We'll never be paid. We're oh, yeah, that's the narrative. We're not gonna I, hear, I hear guys talking about it all the time in the offseason when we're in the gym. I just sit there and listen to all the pros talk about places they don't want to go. Like, I don't ever want to go there. I, either the state tax is too high or they don't have a quarterback that can throw the fucking ball five feet or the coach is a disaster or the franchise is a disaster. Like, the, the illusion that, like, the NFL is full of elite signal callers is just that, everyone. It's a fucking illusion. All right? The the level of football and how bad it is right now in the NFL is unimaginable to me. I never would have thought that loosening up all the all the the stuff the defense can do, or excuse me, hardening the rules and making it impossible to play defense 
somehow has elevated the defenses to this. I mean, they are shit-stopping offenses each and every week. The overs are not hitting. Unders are hitting consistently. They, nobody can block anyone off the edge. The quarterbacks look like they've never seen pressure before, and they can't pick up hot route adjustments and side adjustments, and they're thrown into triple coverage. And a lot of these pro quarterbacks look like college kids that are on their first start, like freaking out, running away from pressure rather than reverse pivoting out. You know, no, no checks at the line of scrimmage. It's, uh, man. I know that the NFL is... Matt, this is going to be a great conversation, dog. I think we're going to blow this damn show up today because I don't think really people understand, and I can't have a better person on every morning to break this down. Let me let yeah. me get into some things. I got so much. We got so much to discuss and show. I got videos for days. We got all kinds of shit to show. Let me ask you this: What you just said, defense is dominating because we're in this soft culture, no targeting, all these different things. But yet, wide receivers still can't even be touched anymore, and still they're shitty. So this is is what I'm trying to break down. Terminology is too complex for a dumbed-down quarterback in a league. And I want to know why we haven't figured this out, Matt. I want to know, Matt, from your perspective, changing a little bit of gears. I want to get it back into terminology. We still have 17-sentence play calls with a guy who don't understand – we, we, we're doing it with quarterbacks who don't understand protection, side adjust, and who's hot. So why the fuck do we have this long-ass terminology on the NFL coaching side of it when we realize as coaches our job is not how smart we are. It's about how getting them the fucking information and letting them perform. Why can't the coach figure out these guys aren't being coached up to even know what the fuck that, that, that play call means? A little less figure it out at the line of scrimmage. So let me ask you this. I, I'm taking that to this. As a former O-line guy and a former D-line guy, I got to ask, because I'm going to break down how there's a lot of better ways to do it. But it is just fitting for this soft culture that we live in. Why are we in the gun? Tempo, no huddle, whatever. And why is the guard in his stance, lightheartedly at that, half ass? two fingers in the ground, head back at the center to make sure he knows when we can tap the center to snap the football. Now, let me ask you something. As an O-line and a D-line guy, does that not just say, you know what, I don't know if I can tap the center, get back nasty, get back in the ground, and now I got to go double the three technique. It ain't fucking happening, and I'm trying to figure out why in the fuck in my life have I been able to do this without the guard fucking coming out of his stance and getting a soft-ass mentality about going on. Just tell everybody, Matt, number one, a cross-plug may happen, a fucking line game may happen, a fucking call may happen late, but now we're sitting here looking at the cue. Okay, center, you can snap it now, and fucking boom, B-gap run through. Like, I'm seeing it every day, and I'm like, these NFL coaches making $15 million can't figure out another way? How about we control the tempo with the center, the quarterback snap? I, I have about 10 ways to do it. I don't need the guard to tap my center. And I'm trying to figure out, is that all tying into this fucking soft shit we got going on? It, the terminology is a, <clears throat> is a huge problem. I'm a huge believer of less is more. <clears throat> so I'd much rather install it all week with like the long paragraph fucking play call. Where we're like, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. Everybody's job is explained. Does everybody know what we're doing? Okay, good. We're going to call this play Sally. So I'm going to walk up to the line of scrimmage and yell, Sally, Sally, Sally. 
Tuesday, Tuesday, let's go. And then everybody knows that Sally is this call. And if we need to adjust it, make another call, I can go up there and go easy, 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 easy. Hey, Sarah, 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 or Sparrow, or Stallion, or Truck, or Alley, or Crease. The more terminology you can use that dumbs it down and lets us play faster, the better. When it comes to the guard tapping the center, I've never understood that shit. I don't understand it now. You want me as the left guard to stand up in my stance, look back, touch the hip of the center like he can't look through his legs, and then reset. And then I have to reset on Aaron Donald one-on-one? Yeah, fucking right. Good luck. So I do think that that is a massive issue. Um, But it, it all comes down to this, like, Back in the day, I, I feel, and I'm a, I'm a coach like this. I, I like to coach like this. I want to put as much pressure on the individual as possible to see what they can do and handle rather than assuming that they can't handle anything and just putting the least amount of pressure on them humanly possible. So as a center, if you can't put your head between your legs and snap the football on Monday or Tuesday and block the nose tackle, maybe I should find a different center, not – well, how do we get somebody to tap your ass to make sure that you can snap the ball? It's kind of like the, the wide receiver adage. Well, Keep, keep teach, talking, Matt. Teach, teach the wide receivers how to catch. And I'm like, well, hold on. This is an inherent thing. We could work on catching the ball at practice, but let's be fucking real. If you can't catch, as a coach, my job is, and as an Italian evaluator is to find someone that can catch the ball. So, again, it comes down to this, like, this soft mentality that we're dealing with each and every day, each and every practice, each and every rep where it's impossible to hold anybody to a standard and call them out and keep them moving in the right direction because we have to deal with everyone's fucking feelings. And God forbid somebody hears something they don't like. And, you know, like, man, I can't even coach my 12 year old team anymore because I'm too aggressive and like, People just want babysitting time. And that's not what football is not about babysitting, man. It's it's about getting better and overcoming adversity, not just, you know, isolating one thing that's good or one thing is bad and focusing all your attention on that. There's, it's it's too complex to always focus on one thing that's positive or one thing that's negative. Do you, do you believe in that right there on the board? Absolutely. Fuck it. Yes. And then another thing you should put on there is move on. Like, good, bad, or indifferent. If you have a great play, we expect that. Good job. High five. Move on. If you have a shitty play, okay, we can learn from that. It's all good. Don't linger on it. Fucking high five. Move on. You know, like, this, well, I did this one good play 19 fucking years ago to see I can do it. It doesn't work like that. Can you do it each and every rep, each and every day? And then do you have the mental ability to handle someone disagreeing with you or being in your face and asking you to do something differently or at a different standard. And then if you immediately as a competitor, as an athlete, as a person in the radio world, on TV, a fucking actor, I don't give a shit, truck driver. If you immediately revert to how fucking dare you call me out and hold me accountable and say anything that I need to change. Well, that person that's on defense immediately needs to go. No the, there's no there's no spot in this game for like the over emotional response that we see from everyone now, which is how dare you call them out? How dare you do this? How dare you do that? It's well, how do you expect us to get any fucking better if we can't have hard conversations? Nah, no doubt. Um, 
We I got we're gonna take uh ad sponsor read. Roman's a new ad sponsor. I want to get this in before me and Matt come back and break down the horrific, horrific tragedy, the travesty, the tragedy of the late hit call on Tom Brady. Stay oh my tuned. God, dude. Go check I'm out Roman. Real. Roman slash JB. Check it out. What up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB here for the Coach JB show. We got five days a week. The normal wake-up show in the morning. We got the daily show in the afternoon. And we have a proud new sponsor right here behind me, Roman.com. I want to introduce Roman.com. I don't I know, I don't know if you know when you're wearing a great outfit and everything you want just to look right and your confidence is soaring. You can walk into a room knowing you're on your A game. If you've been struggling with ED and are just a normal slapdick like myself, Roman can give you that same feeling in the bedroom. So look, Roman offers discreet process from start to finish. You can connect with a licensed medical provider via Roman's convenient online visit. Prescription ED treatments are safe, effective, FDA approved, and used by millions of men. Free two-day shipping. And if you've been struggling with ED, Roman can help rebuild your confidence during sex so your girl don't call you a slapdick anymore. Get on over to roman.com slash code today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's roman.com slash code. Make sure you tell them that the real Coach JB sent you using slash code as the promo code. Roman.com slash code. Appreciate you guys. Remember, man, when it comes to intimacy, we all want to feel confident. We do not want to be slapdicks. Roman.com, proud new sponsor of the Coach AB Show. Head on over there right now, slash code. Appreciate you. Peace. How about my dog in the in the video? How about how about my boy dog was in the video the first time with a hard dick? And I was like, He's on that Roman, son. Yeah, no doubt. Uh all right, let's get into it. We got so much to break down here. Uh, man, this is going to be great. I appreciate this every day. You guys have the opportunity to wake up to me and Matt. Um, chalk it, walk it, talk it. If you don't know what that means, fucking, you need to fucking understand me on Twitter and get off fucking. I, I, Matt, before I go, I just want all the people on Twitter. I want a prerequisite. I wish Elon Musk could take over and hire me as a slapdick coordinator. And I would just make sure that anyone that's a slapdick gets to go through this process and get it and get approved. And one of them is you have to have your resume on Twitter because without your resume, you cannot talk to anybody. You can't talk back to nobody. You have to present your resume so we know we're not just talking to a fucking fake person who has zero experience in what we're talking about. Because I don't dive over to you and sell your donuts at Walmart, motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't, just, well, I don't walk into the dentist's office and tell you how to put a crown on a tooth. It's unbelievable, dog. It's unbelievable. Um, So we're breaking down. We, we agree. Be dumber with our verbiage. And, and I, I don't understand... I don't understand why we haven't figured that out. We got Kyler Murray's making $200 million. We can't understand what a site adjust is, a slide protection, what to do with the protection, where it's hot, where it's not. But yet we have a terminology by Cliff Kingsbury that is so fucking lengthy. And it just, to me, it's like, how the fuck can't you figure out your product on the field and dumb it down for them? But it is what it is. So, um, we're going to break down all these NFL games, man. And, and I, I want to start with our take on this this play here with Tom Brady last night that just to me is a travesty. Um, nice I, sack, Brady, I, I don't get this. Um, it's a great sack. 
I actually thought I actually think it's a, like a, a a nice sack, like a fucking they really sack. good. They ran a really great game combo. The defensive end came in and picked the shit out of the shoulder and the ear hole of the guard and and the center, which is exactly what you want. Grady Jarrett set it up correctly, wraps around the edge, dips the shoulder. He's really tight on the corner. He wraps up Brady around the waist and puts him on the ground. Gets up and runs off. If anything, Tom Brady's trying to kick him because he's frustrated afterwards. And they call a fucking flag. And that, in turn, never gives the Falcons the ball back and they lose the game. I don't, right. I'm not saying they would have won, but you got to give him a shot. That's why he gets paid. Um, All right. Let me, let me, let me, let's break down our, our ideology. God, it makes we, me both feel the, we both feel the same way about how soft we've become. So let's get into this. Let's, let's show you this play. A lot of you don't know, but how about watch this play um, about 15 years ago when Tom Brady gets that happening? Tom Brady gets smacked, helmet pops off, no problem whatsoever. He actually walked to the huddle and was clapping about it. He was clapping about it. Football. And no foul. There was no flag on that match. And there shouldn't have been a flag there, and there shouldn't have been a flag yesterday. This is, look, this is one of the reasons why I sit there and say, I think a lot of the refs are in the mob's pocket or they're in the better, the, the bookies' pockets. Like, if you want to swing a game, that's a perfect example of how you do it. That's an atrocious penalty call that nobody agrees with other than the guy throwing the flag. Then now they've come out and say he shouldn't have thrown it, and we saw him unnecessarily throw Tom on the ground just so they have a reason to give Tom, Tom Brady the ball back and have Tampa Bay win. And if you think I'm a conspiracy theorist with this, then you obviously haven't watched sports ever. Um, this is that call yesterday. I didn't think they could get worse. And they just keep upping the bar on how inept and fucking ridiculous this is. I mean, that is an unbelievably good sack by Grady Jarrett. He eats the offensive alignment alive and then sacks the goat. And it's a penalty? It's a fucking penalty? So how exactly ref and Goodell and the competition committee, how in the fuck do you want us to play football anymore? And as a fan and as an, and an ex-player, Bro, I'm getting really tired of this shit. Like, I am so sick of, of wasting my Sundays watching this bullshit that I have to watch and cover. Like, I feel like Sunday yesterday was like a job. Like, I had to sit here and watch this disgusting display of just bad football, bad coaching, terrible refing. The games are fucking... There's no hit... Like, there's no big hits and fucking trash talking that's been legislated out and the offense is supposed to be scoring 30 points a game and have high flying point scores and competitive football games and that doesn't happen because they're they're not very good the quarterbacks aren't very good the receivers aren't very good they're not taking advantage of the fact that nobody can touch each other and now you've got this super soft dumbed down version of like an arena league but in arena league at least i can tattoo a motherfucker so I just, I'm really disappointed on where this is and where we think it's going. Like, Dog. 10 years from now, I can only imagine how bad this is going to be. What, what's up with the new concussion deal? I, I it, It's so exhausting, Matt. I'm Fuck not going to read it. I'm not going to look into what it says. I don't care about this whole thing. I, uh, I, I'm just, we're adding verbiage in the middle of the fucking season to some shit. And it's like, now we held out Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. I'm starting to think the Miami Dolphins are a fucking concussion themselves like the miami dolphins we're are an absolute sport, show bro. and now matt we're seeing the shit i've been saying 
this fucking weirdo head coach is going to end up losing that locker room. And why? Ha- what's going to happen then? And now they've got two quarterbacks out. And you start to question the experience of the head football coach in the Staley's of the world. And this fucking weirdo for the Dolphins of the weird of the world. Hey, dog, the Jets are a better football team. I've been saying it. I got two kids on the team. Great for them. They have a better roster. Jets, 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 Jets is my boy. Hey, Matt, they shouldn't beat the Dolphins by 40, though. No, you shouldn't. They, they shouldn't win that game the way they did, although they are a better team, in my opinion. If two is on the field, we, we'll see. Um, I'm really, really, really pumped for the Jets and Robert Sala and I love, love seeing Wilson playing well. My boy Connor McGovern, I've been working with him for fucking years. Just for him to be there now and see them on the up and winning as a Jet alum and as a fan, it makes it warms my heart. Um, at the same time, though, going back to the Dolphins, we said this last week about Tua and the week before, if I remember correctly. It is the shadiest, most fucked up ran franchise in the NFL. Like, just from personal experience, the way that they treated me when I tore my knee up, we don't have room for hurt guys, like, blaming me for the shit, like, the pile didn't roll over my fucking kneecap. That I saw them do it with multiple players, and they do it constantly. They're always blackballing players and making it seem like it's their fault that they're hurt. That's why nobody wants to fucking play there. So, I, uh... The dolphin, the guy getting fired for the 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 independent neurologist getting fired. Well, yeah, I he should have been fucking fired the minute he put Tua back on the field. Everybody can see that. I don't need my doctrine to understand that he's concussed. And then personally, if I'm Tua and his family, and this is speaking from experience, I had an opportunity once in life, and I told you this before the show. Maybe one day we'll talk about what happened, but. When my career ended in the NFL, it was because of someone else's stupidity off the field. And he was my friend, and I didn't take the advantage to sue his pants off. And I haven't spoken to him now in eight years, and he's in the pen. And, like, I thought, I don't sue my friends. Now, Tua and the Dolphins are not fucking friends, okay? Keep that in mind. They ain't fucking buddies. So if I'm Tua Tungvaloa right now and his family and his support group, I am getting the baddest, most fucking aggressive lawyer in South Beach, and I'm going after the fucking Dolphins as hard as humanly possible. I'm not going to play another fucking snap this year. No way. Get me the fuck out of here. You guys are putting my health and safety at risk because of your ridiculous, you know, process and theory on concussions. Apparently, they know more than doctors. Um, The doctor that you had involved, the neurologist, was wrong, dead wrong, and you put me in front of him just to fire him. You put me out back on the field, uh, and of course, as a player, I want to play, but it's your job now as the medical staff and department who has my best interest in mind to actually have my best interest in mind. So I don't know what you could ask for, $100 million, easy, right off the bat, you know, for, for pain and suffering and lost wages in the future and yada, yada, yada. And anybody else out here in 7-Eleven land, they're like, oh, fuck that. He should just go play and be tough. Why? The NFL is not about playing hurt and being tough anymore. This is what the NFL is. This is what everybody wanted. You guys don't want big alpha fucking ass kickers anymore that'll do anything to play that you have to control off the field. Everybody wants subdued, fucking, you know, lazy, entitled, you know, guys who are all about that drama. It's like we're watching a fucking reality TV show instead of watching the National Football League. And to be completely honest with you, coach, it is, I know I'm not the only one when I say this. 
It is driving people away from the sport. It is not attracting more people to it. And the people that are being attracted to the soft version of football, we don't want you. Like we as hardcore football people, like I, I got I got fired off of my 12-year-old team. Yes, my son and I were asked to leave because I'm too intense as a coach. So rather than like, and I was like, so that, that's breaking news right here, right? You're gonna that's it's real shit, ridiculous, right? bro. It's like because because I've said a couple curse words and I'm on people's asses and I want to win, somehow I'm the fucking bad guy. So, so this wait, is this really happened this, yesterday. Happened yesterday, yeah. This is a full circle, like full circle bullshit on what I'm talking about. It's oh my god, Matt's loud and he's mean, and my kid can't handle being coached and. Rather than everybody picking our shit up and, and fucking playing at a level that we can play at and like getting better and being pushed and overcoming adversity and dealing with a coach that's going to be on your ass because you can't just quit. Not everything's 12th grade or 12 year old football in the world. You know, like if you think the coaches out here in high school, college, and the NFL are just going to walk up and be like, it's okay, Johnny, you suck and it's okay. We'll make sure that everything's okay for you, buddy. So the other 10 guys, fuck them for doing it right. I think that there's this massive problem and it starts at the fundamental level, this blue ribbon mentality where we are going to adapt and try and make everybody adapt to the shittiest player on the team that should not be there and his fucking moron parents that don't know what they're talking about, okay? As opposed to making him get better and rise himself to a level where he can contribute and be part of the team so we're not dragging him around the entire season, trying to acclimate and make everything okay for the worst player. Fuck all that. If you can't hack it, kick rocks, man. It's hey, not look, all the look, other guys have to fucking eat Have you shit. seen the latest Earl Campbell discussion? Have you seen Earl Campbell came out and said, uh, listen, I wish I could swing a nine iron. I just can't. I love golf. I love everything about it. I can't swing a nine iron because yeah. I just can't do it. He goes, but he goes, listen, you can take the easy way out and play like they're doing today, getting more money and, and having to play less. But you, don't come to me and tell me that you guys could have played in our era because you guys won't play with a hangnail now. Nope. You won't play with a fucking scratch. We play with cut off fingers and fucking broken legs, i.e. Jack Youngblood in a Super Bowl with a broken. Ronnie Lott cut his finger off to go play. Played his finger off at Ronnie Lott. Like, that is what it is. Now, listen, okay, if you can get the bag and not be, and not have to play, let's let's be smarter and not work harder, this so to speak thing, which I think is just soft. That is what the world is now, though. Earl Campbell said it. Hey, kudos to you. I'm the same way. Kudos to you. Go get the bag. You don't even have to do nothing. Go ahead. But don't tell me that this era is going to be that is better because you'll never would have played in our era. Never. Well, I just don't understand the mentality, the soft mentality that has now overcome football. We chose to play. And really life is this like, oh, well, shit, man. Everybody, this melting pot of people right? And community. That's what makes football great, the melting pot. It's like having to deal with other people's and other opinions and the loud guy and the quiet guy and the coach that's on everyone's ass and the coach who's not. Like, I'm not, this isn't fucking Matt McChesney's babysitting service. So, that's what we are. I'm here to coach. And if you want a babysitter, you can go down the street and find a babysitter, but I ain't him. And that, unfortunately, this is what high school coaches are dealing with daily. 
college coaches are dealing with daily. You know, before Call of the World was fired in Boulder, there were parents calling the coaches and being like, why isn't my kid playing? Like, my response to that would be, who the fuck is this? Click. And this is a business. There's expectations. Even, I don't care if you're 12 or 32. This illusion that, like, football is somehow we're at practice just to accommodate you or we're at the game just to accommodate you is ridiculous. This is a team sport. Let, let me ask you this, though. So this is why I kind of, you know, this is why I probably won't go back on the on the on the turf or the grass or the or the sideline, because these parents and these administrators, even worsely, the administrators who actually employ you, they think that uh, we, since we have their children, basically twice as long as the parent actually has them, especially during the football seasons, with including yep. school, weight room, extracurricular, off the field shit. If you coach in the hood like I've done my whole life then we don't let them go late and we don't let them come late. We come, we get them there early. We keep them there so they don't go in the street. They don't go get shot in the hood. They stay. So we do weight room six in the morning. We stay and watch film afterwards until their parents come scoop them up. But having said Need that. Need and like, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, normal shit. We're their babysitters, though, because we have them 55, 65, 75 hours a week compared to their, their parents. And then they still have the audacity to come tell you how to run, do your job. And I'm like, hold up. I don't tell you how to parent. You don't tell me how to coach. And I'm babysitting your kid. And my administration is going to go and side with the parent when I cuss your kid out for doing some stupid shit. My missing class, missing practice, doing something late. But you That's defend what I'm them. Talking about. No, I'm babysitting for you. Now, that is the world we're in. We're in the acceptance of mediocrity world. And the new greatness is mediocrity to us. And that is what it is. Uh, let's get to football, Matt. Um, I know the Eagles took care of business last night. Uh, everybody on TikTok, come on over every morning. This is the Wake Up Show. May and Matt McChesney is going to be on the show every day, 6 a.m. Pacific. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member on YouTube. Uh, the best dollar ninety nine you can buy. There is no other. There's no no debating it. We're gonna give you all the real raw and uncut football talk you can discuss, plus real talk banter on a daily. Become a member though, because we will be members only eventually. So look, Jalen Hurts continues to play winning football. He was twenty six to thirty six, two thirty nine. Um, he didn't run throw, game to support him. He didn't throw any touchdowns though. Um, ran for two. Ran for two. Um, but that's what I want my running back to do. That's that's true, but they were on the on the one yard line sneak. Yeah, so. but I'm watching last night too, and I'm watching Lamar. I'm watching Kyler Murray. I'm watching Justin Fields. Me and my buddy are sitting there watching film or watching the games, and my buddy, seriously, black dude who I grew up with, obviously, he's like, is "That about is that a running back?" And he didn't know. He came out getting a drink. He just sat down, and Justin Fields like shook a cat, stiff armed the dude going down the hash number sideline. And he's like, damn. I'm like, no, that's the quarterback. That's Justin Fields. He was like, damn, homie. I want I want my running back doing that. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, we're, you want $200 million, but, but now we want this guy to do both. And you don't expect high – you don't have high expectations about him throwing the football anymore in the pocket. Like, this is what we've accepted, Matt. So Jalen Hurts throws for 239, zero touchdowns in the air. Is that sustainable 
going forward, and are we going to pay this guy? Kyler Murray, Matt, 28 of 42, 240 yards, an interception. He also ran the ball four times for 40 yards. And are we seeing something that nobody's talking about, Matt? James Conner, I consider a pretty fucking legitimate NFL back. Had nine carries, 50 yards. What are we doing? Are like... I, I, I like that. what Philadelphia. I'm starting to see wide receivers get, get be this uh, kind of like uh, I don't really want to block as a wide receiver in the NFL, or I'd be in college still. Uh, we get guys blocking in the back because Justin Fields breaks the pocket, and now receivers don't realize that I got to block for my quarterback. When really I want to catch the ball for my quarterback, so now I'm turning into a blocker. We're starting to see a lot of disinterested pieces. In the NFL, you wonder why running backs aren't picking up A-get pressures anymore because they're not getting the ball either. So, look, I, I like what Philadelphia is doing. And when you ask, do they have to pay him? Yeah. I mean, I where, I, I hate to say this, but where else are we going to go with the quarterback position in Philadelphia? He's playing his balls off and doing a really good job. It's not a, not a place that's easy to deal with all the outside noise also. All that said, I think he can get a lot better, just like Lamar can. All these guys can get better. Sirianni, their head coach, seems to have a gauge on his team where they're run first. They got a they got a stable of backs. I really like their offensive line. Lane Johnson's a dude. Um, Kelsey's a dude. Defense is a little shaky, but they're getting better. They can rush the passer. The NFC East is very you know, interesting this year. The Giants are 4-1 and one and got a huge win against Green Bay in London. The fucking Cowboys defense looks like they're, they're pretty legit. Cooper Rush has them rolling. Washington is laughable. But Philadelphia is undefeated. And Philly's got the Cowboys next Sunday night. Um, I can't remember where it's at. It's either in, obviously at the link or, at, or in Dallas. But, um, yeah, I don't see a situation where you can't pay them unless we're going to go revert back here full circle and go, okay, would Lamar Jackson look good in Philadelphia green? Would you like, if he's an available free agent, instead of paying Jalen hurts, would you go after Lamar? No, let's have that conversation real quick before you go on. Like I take Jalen hurts right now, all day long. This is why you would take Jalen over Lamar right now, all day long. This is why Jalen hurts. That's that's bold. All right. Watch Jalen hurts in this, in the last one year, fiscal year has completely transformed his throwing platform, his elbow, his feet, his mechanics, his eyes, his manipulation of coverage with his eyes in the pocket. And then he understands when I don't like number one, two gets cloudy, three, I tuck it and go. I'm not sitting back there now, sitting here, sitting here, sitting here, escaping the pocket. Now I have a rhyme and a reason I do not see Lamar Jackson with it. I see Lamar Jackson having the same, if not worse, platform mechanically than he did two years ago when he won the MVP. I have not seen any of his mechanics change. I've seen him get worse. Last night was a complete disaster and example of why you cannot have a low platform elbow and end up here because the ball goes high if your elbow's low. Instead of getting it up here and be ready to throw with two hands on the ball, do you notice that Lamar Jackson takes a drop and he has one hand on the football mat? Why is that? Why is that, people that know all this thing about football? Because he's holding the baton. He is ready to run and pass it off because he's a runner first. 
So he's got the ball one-handed, which is the epitome of not of what not to do as a quarterback, Matt. We're All right, so let me, let me ask you something real quick. Yep. Let me ask you, sorry. Just good, bad, or indifferent, all right? Eagles offensive line, Ravens offensive line, who are you taking? This year, the Eagles, but last Eagles. year, the Ravens. It's like the Ravens have been consistent with the run game. Like they have this year, it seems like they've lost a little bit of it because now, if you notice, the Ravens are more spread out a little bit, and they're they're starting to get more 11 and 10. I now, agree. you know, as I know, the, the novice fan don't know what me and Matt are discussing here, okay? So understand something. When we break down Lamar Jackson over the last few years, they're in 32, 22, different personnel groups that you probably don't 13. understand. But they're tightly knitted. They have an O-line that's foot-to-foot split, and we're getting yep. after it. Now you see they're more spread out, similar to an Eagles offensive line, but the Eagles are running a scheme that is more NFL conducive than the Ravens are with a quarterback that can't throw. But go ahead, How about Matt. skills? Go ahead. What would you say? Skill players, wide receivers, Eagles, and tight ends. Uh, Andrews and Goddard cancel each other out. A.J. Brown and Smith blow the doors off of Baltimore's receivers. Would you agree with that? 1,000%. Okay, cool. So, O-line, skill players, we're going with uh, Philly. All right? So, take Lamar, put him in Philly, take Hurts, put him in Baltimore. I think Baltimore screwed. I don't think that they can. I don't think they're very good. I think Philly is five and zero. I think they're in the same position they're in. I, I, and look, this is a really interesting and confusing at times for me conversation because it's so fluid week by week. A guy in Joe Burrow that I thought last year after they were seven and seven they won in Denver and went on their run and went to the Super Bowl. I thought that he would take that opportunity and really advance with it and improve, and he seems to have leveled out. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Since then, he seemed to have leveled out. And not saying they're not elite and they're not doing a great job. They are for this era. But to say that they're an elite player all time or to say that, like, somehow these guys are going to be the game changers that take these teams to the next level, they may be, but I just, man, I don't see the Bengals doing what they need to do to get better right now. They look like they're getting worse. Baltimore looks like they're getting worse. You know, so it's when you have a young player like that or you have an established quarterback and you look this bad on offense, i.e. the Broncos and how bad they look and the Bengals and how bad they look, the Ravens look bad, that, man, that's only going to get worse as the season goes on, as you know. The more film they have on you and the more they can scheme this shit up, the more fucked the offenses are going to be consistently, and that's a fact. Let me ask you this, though. I don't know if your question is is a is a question that can be answered uh, fairly because of the simple fact that if Lamar did go to Philly, you're going to have a lot of disgruntled Philadelphia wide receivers when they don't get the ball, and they're not going to get the ball like they do with Jalen Hurts, and that's just fact, and it's happening every day. And we're seeing Duvernay and Edwards, the only two receivers, or the tight end, is that Edwards, getting the football, and that's it. Or Andrews, Andrews. So yep. Andrews and, and, and Duvernay on a possibility. Bateman's out right now, but even when he was in, it's not like Lamar's back there. They're throwing the ball 23 times a football game in the NFL, Matt. It's like, come yeah. on, dude. Like The offensive version of the you got to start looking at facts and truth and not be butthurt by what I tell you. It's not a, it's not a 
uh, a go after Lamar bash. It's not that at all. I'm just oh, it has nothing truth. to do with it personally. It's all no, about what you're saying. Personal as a man. This is yeah. business. This it, is it's business. a professional evaluation of a professional quarterback. It's like the Justin Fields argument in Chicago. Well, stop being so hard on him. He's just a kid. What the fuck? He's not a kid. That's a grown motherfucking man that plays quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. There ain't nothing kid about this. Like, college football players ain't kids either. And in high school, they're probably not kids. Go go up to one of these bad motherfucking 18-year-olds and say, hey, kid, Howard, you're a child. They're going to get offended as fuck and be in your face if they have any balls. So this, this like, oh, he's a kid, lay off of him. The standard's too high. The standard's too high for you. The standard's not too high for us, the real motherfuckers that want to do this. I guarantee you Lamar Jackson wants to be the best quarterback that's ever walked. My question to him would be, you don't have an agent. Who's in? Who's the devil's advocate in your corner? His mom! Who, His well, mom! She, she can't be the devil's advocate. Right, who's exactly. the devil's advocate in your corner that's telling you what you don't want to hear that's going to help you get better? Who's that guy? That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have that guy. But that's the that's the that's the that's the going thing for these cats nowadays. Dog. They want to bring the, kick it with their homies over then uh, instead of being told like 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 Matt. Let me let me be honest. Me and you are very similar alpha males who are going to tell each other if we're wrong or not, and Fucking we don't agree with each other. Bring that shit right. I respect the fact that you tell me this ain't AJB. Hey, you're wrong, dog. This you're pretty foul on that one. Let's keep it real. I'm your boy, but but dog, you're wrong. And we got too many motherfuckers that are telling these cats, dog, good shit, homie. Fuck them, fuck them, uh, Lamar. You, you're right. No, you're not. You're actually you're not wrong. right. You don't have nobody to fucking tell you that you're wrong. And you look, should have the, an agent, and you should have took this money. That your best friends, relationships, husband, wives, coach, player. GM coach, any relationship that you have out there, people listening that you value, okay? This is one of the clips we should definitely post what I'm about to say. Enablers are not your fucking friends. If you find somebody that can challenge you, and the first thing you do when you get challenged is revert to double double birds and I'm right, you're wrong, doesn't matter what you say, I'm perfect, I don't need to change anything, that's bullshit man and the whole point of sports whether what we're doing or playing is competitive banter and being able to disagree with each other sometimes at a level where we're yelling at each other and we think we're going to get down and then brushing it off man to man or man to woman or whatever the fuck and being like yo we're all here to get better and win it's over we're good let's go roll i hope that somebody learned from that okay the adversity the ability to handle someone telling you you don't like, telling you something you may not like, all that stuff, it gives you tools for the real world, number one. And it makes us better on the field, number two, in my opinion. Like, if you have a room full of guys and everybody can handle the the criticism and they understand it's constructive and we're all in this together trying to get better, no one's perfect, we can all match this with effort and getting better every day and doing the little things and doing our jobs – and having the ability to hold each other accountable where it's not just like, hey, uh, I disagree with you on this. And, and that other person being like, you disagree with me? Fuck you. I quit. This is bullshit. I'm out of here. How could you ever disagree with me? I'm the fucking end-all, be-all on everything. That's Florida. not true. Florida. 
it's not true. At that point, that person that's in that, that position has to kick rocks. And it, when we go full circle back to this, Lamar doesn't have an agent. His mom is his agent and his consigliere here. And my question here would be very simple. Is everybody agreeing with you all the time? If everyone's agreeing with you all the time, Lamar, your corner is not a corner. It's a circle of people saying yes to each other. And you're in the fucking middle being like, okay, well, everybody just seems to say yes constantly. And it's because no one wants to hurt my feelings. <laughs> Let me ask you this, dog. Let me ask you this, though. If 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 ESPN and Stephen if Stephen A. Smith wasn't on ESPN being loud, obnoxious, even though he says the, the dumbest shit I've ever heard, oh, some of the but shit if he wasn't different. on there debating and arguing with everybody, that show wouldn't be watched. It would not be watched. Well, so the, the only I, reason people watch our shows and shows like that is to see us disagreeing with each other, dog. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and I was trying to get that through our last co-host. I was like, look, this is good banter. People like it's it. It's supposed like, to be like that. This ain't this ain't nothing personal. Like, that's what I don't understand. But anyway, that's a whole nother ball game. I let me ask you this. A lot of people don't want to talk about this, and a lot of people don't realize the fact that. We are quick to throw things on Lamar on quarterbacks in general when they win football games. Uh, he's a winner. He's the best. He's this. Lamar Jackson's won 75% of his games as a starter in four years or whatever it is, right? Yep. And I'm like, okay. But let me ask you this as a football guy. I've already said what I said about Lamar. I've been saying it for four years. I continue to check by it. I think it's still showing to be the same. I haven't seen any improvement in four years. Um, do you think he's 75% winner as a quarterback without Justin Tucker? Because I'm going to be honest, Justin Tucker, dog, is their best offensive fucking player. Justin Tucker is the best kicker that's ever walked the earth. Um Hey, dog, he's won more games for Lamar Jackson. Than it, 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 I, I bet you if we go back and break this down, he That's has won more How football. many games did Justin Tucker win? <laughs> for the and not only that, though, Matt, he saves you. You don't got to get to the 15-yard line no more. You got to get to the fucking 50. Well, for example, last year, uh, I took my boys to the Bronco Jet game, the the opener here with the Broncos last, last season. And we're walking in and sitting down in our seats, and I'm like, I'm I'm straight on the phone watching the end of Detroit and Baltimore, right? And Baltimore's playing like shit, and they can't figure it out. And Detroit looks like they're going to win. And all of a sudden, they trot Justin Tucker out, and homeboy hits a 68-yard fucking field goal off the middle post, and it pops in. And I'm like, holy God in heaven, this guy is fucking elite. Immediately, immediately on the clicker underneath, what does it say? Ravens win. Lamar Jackson has a huge comeback. Quote, Justin Tucker hit 68-yard field goal. Like, well, it should have been. Justin Tucker hit 68-yard field goal to save Lamar's ass. <laughs> and well, Baltimore you know, gets the you win. Know, look at that. But then, but then, Matt, then, Matt, if Tucker don't win the game, Lamar Jackson is the fucking GOAT. And I mean the bad Lamar, way. Lamar put him in position to be successful, but Tucker missed the kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, so now Lamar is shitty. He lost. He, he can't get it done. So, like, that's what I'm saying. These novice fans out here looking at things, they want to say he's the best ever to do it because he's this freaking nature f making you go ooh and all. Ah, but then he really don't win as many games as you think because they have a kicker who can kick the ball fucking the length of the field. So it's like, 
all right, we got a guy that'll make any fucking kick on the football field at any given moment, and he's so confident in what he does, Matt. You saw him last night before the kick. He's yep. already saying it's a wrap. I heard yeah, his look tell his players. We got it. Like, oh, you're good. We're good. We're and good. I'm like, and, the, and, the, and the announcers are like, man, usually you like it on a hash. Usually you like Tucker was like, man, put me in the middle. I don't give a don't fuck. Fucking matter. Like, Whoop. That motherfucker Justin Tucker, didn't even Justin it, Tucker's it like a porno, dog. He's like oh, a good fuck. porn. There are no bad angles. I'm he like, can hit it from fuck. anywhere. No shit. Justin Tucker's like a good porno, bro. There's no bad angles and he can hit from anywhere. You put him across the room, hit. You put him underneath the bed, hit. You put him in the fucking shower, leg up on the goddamn pisser, hit. He's hitting. He ain't fucking around. All right. <laughs> now, all that said, I feel like so many of today's fans are are like there's two there's two things in the community shower at a football team you don't do. Number one, I'm not sharing the soap, and number two, eye contact. All right. If you're ball watching in the shower, you're you're a fan, and there's a lot of people that ball watch the football games this year or the, or these days where. They only watch the football. They don't pay attention to anything else other than where the football is and where it's going. So two things. I hate ball-watching fans, and I hate ball-watching teammates. So, <laughs> And that's cool. Do your thing. But just eye contact with me in the shower. That's all I want. Hey, On the field, a little gel, eye contact would be I'm great. I'm gel, dog. That's gel 101. For real. Like, can I borrow the soap? No. Absolutely not. Take your ass to Walgreens. Get your own soap. <laughs> hey, so Lamar Jackson last night, just so we're clear, he has, he has again, third week in a row, basically, high school football numbers, 19 of 32, 174 and a touchdown with a pick. He ran 12 times for 58 yards. And J.K. Dobbins, who was clearly the best back on the field last night, had four carries, four fucking carries for 44 yeah. yards. Um. Mark Andrews, eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Duvernay had five. That is who Lamar is comfortable with. That is who Lamar wants to go after and get them the ball if he can. And uh, I'm just Take Mark you. Andrews away, and they're done, bro. Like, if they're going – if they make the playoffs, they are going the, – the first playoff game they play against, which will probably be on the road, judging by how the, the North is going to pan out. Um, they're done. I don't think that they can win. I don't think they can win. I think that they're going to get locked up pretty hard, and they're going to have a hard time getting multiple on offense and the inability to push the ball down the field, whether that's the quarterback's fault, the wide receiver's fault, or everyone's fault together, is going to rear its ugly head a big time. So, well, look, that, the, the I, I AFC wanna... North, yeah, the AFC North need... comes back and they're competitive, don't you think Cleveland's the best team in that division? Yeah, if they if they're all healthy and everything, probably. if they can get old fucking old or yeah. hard on to come in and play football correctly, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just don't know if that guy's fucking. What's he going to look like? He might be a mental midget at the end of the day. Let Speaking me ask you, Roman. The world, though, I want to be fair on this thing, and everyone wants to give me this whole talk. Oh, you only talk about black quarterbacks being shitty, really? So what? last night, Joe Burrow was twenty four. Uh, he was terrible. 35, 217, very shitty. One we were talking, we were just talking about him, how shitty he is these days. I I I said it before the season. He's gonna have a sophomore's lumps. He's gonna hit some wall. I said the Bengals are gonna hit a wall. Um, Joe Mixon had 14 carries. I like to see that. It's a little better. But have you noticed the running back carries in the NFL are like under 10 everywhere across the board? It's a passing yeah, it's, it's, it's running back shitty. by committee bullshit. It's the running back by committee shit. This isn't the worst thing in the world, but 
I don't know how awesome it is either all the time. And then the, the look, there's no like concept of what we're doing offensively. It seems like they're just, I feel like they're just standing on the sideline calling fucking plays. Like what, what's our plan here? Why are we not set using the run to set up the pass correctly? Like the next toss play I see, I'm going to fucking kill somebody coach. Like I, no offense, but if we're going to run toss, it better be out of Gator. We better be crushing the old side down. There can't be any one run through. We have to block the fucking edge outside. We can't let him get up the field. And also, if it seems like they know what's coming, when you walk up and they're like, hey, they're running fucking toss, maybe the quarterback should say, hey, run the other way or change the fucking play or check at the line of scrimmage. The check with me system that is so prevalent now. So I think that it's a scheme thing. There's no more vertical run game. Yesterday, when Tony Pollard went vertical, he went 90 to the motherfucking house. So vertical run game. Getting people off the ball, moving them, and getting five, getting four, getting three and a half, eventually turns into 80 yards. Nobody in the NFL wants to tackle. The defensive linemen are all trying to fucking pass rush. It's one of the reasons, I think, the teams, that, as we get better and throughout the season here, the teams like the 49ers that are going to line up and bludgeon you, those are the teams, and, and they have the ability to throw the ball down the field off play action and things of that nature. They are going to be the ones that are successful, okay? I, I think that Garoppolo being inserted back in that lineup helps San Francisco immensely. Uh, Trey Lance and the experiment didn't work out. I, I hope he gets better with the broken ankle, but I don't know if that's the kind of team you want to experiment with because they're pretty fucking good and loaded, and they seem like they're ready for a Super Bowl run now. Um, but at the same time, if you look at the only undefeated team in football, which is the Eagles, they have an extremely versatile quarterback that can do both. He's got to get better at everything. No one's saying he's perfect. But they are the number one rush team in football. And they line up and they feed multiple backs. They are super aggressive at the point of contact. Their tight ends are blockers. They have multiple personnel packages with good, big offensive uh, or good, big receivers, A.J. Brown, Smith. They got rid of Rager because he couldn't play. They're not afraid to change system. They're not afraid to change players immediately. And I, I look at that and I go, okay, that's the fucking blueprint for how we you should want to play in the NFL these days. I don't know a whole lot of spread systems in college or the pros where it's this like air raid illusion that all they're doing is throwing the ball that doesn't also heavily lean on the run game when they're supposed to. If the if the box is light, if it's cover two and the safeties are high. We have to, as a quarterback, walk up and go, okay, timeout. Um, change the fucking play and run the ball. Or if they walk down and they single it up, change the play and throw the ball. The the screen, draw, third and 18 part of the NFL these days is no killing me, coach. Like, it is the first down play calls and how atrocious they are everywhere. And how it seems like the defense knows what's coming all the time is just, it's an indictment on the coaching, bro. Like, we can do so much fucking better than this. No question. No question. Um, proud new sponsor, Roman.com forward slash Coach JB promo code. Make sure you head on over to Roman.com. Uh, I told you earlier the promo code was slash. Uh, that was just because the show just hadn't started yet. So make sure you guys go to Roman.com, get you some ED meds. Use the promo Rock. code Coach JB. Coach JB is the promo code, not slash. FYI. Um, Rock I'll up. change that later. Uh, 
Let me get to this. Cooper Cooper uh, Rush, 5-0, 4-0 this year. He's a starter. They beat the Rams. The Rams are struggling right now. Um, they don't have another wideout guy other than Offensive Cooper. Offensive line looks awful. Um, looks bad. Um, so this is the thing. Cooper Rush was 10 of 16 for 102 yards. Uh, you, had, you had Tony Pollard and you had Zeke. Both had uh, – Zeke, I think, had 22 carries. Uh, Pollard had eight for 86 uh, – CD Lamb, five catches. Um, Stafford threw for 300 yards, threw a pick. Cam Makers ran the ball 13 times for basically 30 yards. Uh, Cooper Cup had another 125 yard day and a touchdown. Um, man, the Rams are struggling right now. But having said that, um, if I were, if, if you're Jerry Jones and, and I'm Mike McCarthy and you come into me tomorrow and you say, who are you starting? I'm, I'm saying, I'm running with the Opie redhead till he loses. I'm, I'm starting Rush this weekend just because I don't think Dak's ready. But when Dak's ready to play, I'm putting Rush back on the field. Or I'm putting Dak back on the field. All just right. For, for the I'm simple out. fact that I've invested all this money in the guy, and I want to see if he's going to respond to this adversity because this makes it very easy now for them to pull his ass quick too. Okay, but let, and, me, let me segue into this. Mike McCarthy looks like a thousand pounds has been lifted off his shoulder in the he last. He does look year. like a different human. You are correct. So does the OC. So do the players. Why is that? Because our assholes are so puckered when Dak Prescott's the quarterback because he makes so much money. We need him to do so many things, and yet he's waiting in a liability waiting to happen and getting hurt or ad living and doing some shit that he does not need to do. Now, can the can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl going going? 10 of 16 for 102 yards in the air? No. But having said that. The defense is pretty good. Oh, the defense is – defense travels, Matt. Just like yeah, run, right. game, run game and defense travel. Um, they got both. Yes. So where can we – what can we do in this scenario? Because the Cowboys have the Eagles next week. That game right there is a huge one in the implication in this in – this, not only NFC East, but in the NFC total. Um, if you bring Dak back right away against that game and you lose, um, you're going to just have another debacle in, 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 in Dallas. And it's going to be another, here's the Cowboys again. And then they're going to fucking win a, a couple more. They're going to lose a couple in a row. And then everybody's going to be fucked. Cooper Rush should have never law, never got his job snatched and all this shit. Um, it is a very, very peculiar situation. And you know, winning heals all winning heals all Bill Belichick did it, Matt. You had a guy that was making a lot of money. He got hurt. A young six-rounder came in and fucking never looked back. And Belichick said, fuck this. I'm not changing a thing. We're winning. Why is that different now? I know the money's different now. But at the same time, Drew Bledsoe was making equivalent to what this money is now back in 2000. So, so like, what do you do? I, if it's me, I'm telling you right now, I'm rolling with Cooper Rush. Even if he loses one game, I'm still going to roll with him to see how our team responds to him losing. When one does game. Dak? When is Dak supposed to come back? I think he's like almost ready, apparently. But uh, Matt, I played the position, dog. Like you have to have the fucking football in your hand. Very, very. Uh, you have to have a stranglehold on the football in the quarterback position because you don't know whatever's coming around you. You want to have it protected. You want to have it inside your sternum so you don't get it outside your body. And if you get hit again, Matt, on that fucking thumb, 
It is the worst feeling in your the, – I used to fight with broken thumbs. It's like, dog, when it gets re-hit, it's like it's ro- it was re-broken. And it's like, so, dog do, – Do you think that Kellen Moore, McCartney, and Rush, and Dak, and the offense, can Dak stand on the sideline and watch what's happening and go, I can do that. I don't need to go out and throw the ball 50 times a game to be successful. We have a great run game and defense. Is it even acceptable with, the, with with Star Nation to go out there and look at what the Cowboys are and say, well, can Dak Prescott acclimate his game to fit what we're doing? I watched Peyton Manning do that. I, I watched Peyton Manning be the best signal caller in football history and then one year say, okay, Kubiak and team, you need me to change the way I do things to win? I'm going to do it and deal with the backup quarterback playing well and so on and so forth. So Dak's a starter, but Cooper Rush is playing better at this time, and he's fitting the system perfectly from what I can gather from McCartney and Moore, which is complete 10 out of 16, hand the ball off and play good defense right now. My thing is with the Cowboys, and I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about this and everybody out there listening, why is the why did we have to change the way we're doing things just because Dak comes back? Let's not change everything. Let's just let's put him in and see if he can play at the level that Rush played at to get us to where we're at. No, I agree yeah. with you, but that's right? everybody's saying that. Everybody's saying that matter across the landscape. ESPN, Fox, they're all saying we don't. Let's just keep. Let's get Dak in and run this thing, dog. Don't you think they would have been doing this for a long time? Me and you know coaching business. We didn't change our whole philosophy. What we did was we have a guy who is willing to listen and execute what is giving to him and not be risky and not be ad-lib and throw the football away on when he needs to to live to fight another down, which we by definition understand that is the winning ingredient for a quarterback. Live so to do, fight another fucking down. And do we give need Dak to have – a backup quarterback's mentality here a little bit? No, that's my point. Dak won't come in and do that. Dak's going to go do it. and see the $150 million guy that you paid, and he's going to lose you football games because he's at risk. And, and yeah. Man, I'm telling you, dog, I broke down Allen yesterday. Allen's just fucking close, dog. I, people think I'm talking shit. He's that close. He almost snapped his fucking fibula last night again. Like, he's that close from the Buffalo Bills being the old New York Jets. Like, that's what the Bills will be. With with fucking who's their backup? Uh, Casey uh, Keenum. Casey Keenum. Matt Barkley or Case Keenum, something like that. So so are you the same? <laughs> oh, no, not even close. Uh, the the Cowboys are lucky that they have a backup like Rush. I don't think that Cooper Rush is going to get paid in the offseason and go save a franchise somewhere else. No, I agree. But he's he's really good for what he's doing right now. Um, look, man, this this is another. Unfortunately, this is another kind of reason why the NFL has, you know, either everybody thinks it's awesome or that everybody's really disappointed. There's no real middle ground here is you paid a quarterback all this dough and there's no out now. If you don't, if you want to get rid of him, well, how do you make that happen? And if I'm Dak Prescott, I have to look at what is actually happening, that you're injury prone. Unfortunately, that sucks. And the entire franchise is riding on your back. The coaching staff, the owner, everybody is depending on you. And consistently, not saying you're letting them down, your play on the field's not bad. The 
inability to be available consistently is essentially letting everyone down. And it's what, it's what this entire conversation is based off of. We can't trust Dak to be on the field for an entire season because he gets hurt too much. So that said, how do you acclimate the playbook and how does Kellen Moore and the offensive line without Tyron Smith and Martin, how do you protect this guy who's prone to hold the ball longer and take huge shots and consistently is hurt every time he gets pushed or every time he gets hit, he's always hurt. And look, as a guy who dealt with injuries a long time, I, I get it. I'm not trying to say that he's a bust or anything. He's not. He's just dealing with injury problems that are unlucky. It's not fortuitous in any way. So Jerry Jones and Coach McCartney's, uh, McCarthy's job is to win football games for the Dallas Cowboys. It kind of goes back to the whole Denver Bronco thing right now. This is not the Denver Wilsons. Okay? We didn't name the fucking... Russell Wilson's hurt now too, yeah. It's all it's not the Dallas Prescotts. It's not how do we get in here and acclimate so we can make Prescott look good. Dak needs to understand that he's the cow he's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, which means that at some time at sometimes you gotta eat shit and be the be the backup. And if that means that Cooper Rush is the best, you know, the best uh signal caller for the Cowboys to move forward and win football games. As a leader, Dak has to step back and go, okay, I understand that. And when they call my name, when Coach when Coach and Coach Moore say, we need you, we're knocking. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Coach. Let's go. Because it hey, will happen. Let's, let me transition to this, man, because, I, you know, I've, I've come on record. I said I will eat crow if Lamar Jackson can go out here and, 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 and win a Super Bowl or if he can go out here and, uh, you know – Prove me wrong. I'll eat crow. And I'm very confused. I'm like, when is someone going to eat crow on Twitter and say, JB, you actually were the only one that said Daniel Jones is going to be good and the Giants would win seven games. Now I'm saying the Giants are going to probably win fucking nine games. And I told you motherfuckers, Brian Dable's the real deal. And he is what Daniel Jones needed. But what do I know? They are good, but Daniel Jones is not. Come on. I'm not saying he's the guy yet. I'm saying he is exactly what I said he would be this year. The most improved NFL quarterback and the Giants are going to win. And what are they doing right now? I'm just throwing that they out. Are, they are winning, and they did win yesterday. I got to disagree that he's the most improved. I think Jalen Hurts is the most improved quarterback. But, look, hey, hold Daniel on. Dyes, the numbers don't lie, dog. He is what? bad. Hold on, though. Before you say that, though, why does Joe Burrow – why does all these quarterbacks get so many passes for having a bad old line when Daniel Jones' old line is the worst and he has no wideouts? Well, it, look, if 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 they stay on this path and they keep winning and he gets them into the playoffs with a bad offensive line and all that shit, I'll give him his due. The the reason Burrow gets his due on that is because he overcame all this bullshit as a court, not by himself by any means, but as a quarterback and the leader of a team, he overcame, you know, winning on the road in the playoffs and all the sacks and pressure and bullshit. Tennessee game, Kansas City, the Super Bowl, they lost, but he got his ass kicked again. They're winning. They're not three and fucking 15 or whatever. So, look, Daniel Jones and the Giants as a whole and Saquon Barkley being healthy, that helps a ton. 
And Daybold, I agree. He's that dude. And he seems to have the the pulse on that team, what they need to do to be successful and helping Dimes, you know, be the quarterback he can be. I wish that he would have had this kind of coaching the first four years because then he wouldn't be stuck in this fucking problem that he's in right now where everybody's looking at him, myself included, like he's terrible. And terrible's the wrong word. But that, but, but, think, Matt, but Matt, that happens for so many quarterbacks in this oh, in this yeah. profession. There's no doubt. It, bad coaching leads to bad play. Um, and Sam Darnold, offensive coordinating and everything else. He's had a, a different offensive coordinator every year he's been Sam in. Sam Darnold, perfect example. Ah, poor guy. Sam Darnold's a perfect example of shitty coaching. But at the same time, I don't know how good he is either. So and franchises, shitty franchises. It's uh this situation with the Giants. They got the right head coach. D-Ball seems like he knows what he's doing. He Guys like playing for him. Their defense is flying around. Um, they went and just they just went and signed uh, Landon Collins again. They got him back on, on defense and safety. The offensive line is bad, but they are trying to contribute assets to it. They went out and got Neil this year in the first round. They got Andrew Thomas in the first round a year ago. They're con- they're definitely throwing as much money as, that as, they, as they can. Um, and Saquon Barkley, that guy's a fucking freak, bro. And he's when he's healthy, he's really, really good. And the best security blanket that you could have as a quarterback is 26. So, yes, Daniel Dimes is in position to be a really good player this year and take the Giants to, you know, a place they haven't been in a long time. That said, when they get into the meat of the NFC East, you know, schedule here, and they've, they haven't played Philly yet, I don't think, they lost to Dallas already. I think that offensive line is going to be in a position to let him down, and I don't think Dimes can overcome it. I think that he's going to succumb to it, unfortunately. And and look, I could be fucking wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in, in Daniel Jones. All right. Look, fair, fair. Uh, fair, fair. What a competitive man, banter. Get the fuck out of this goddamn uh, – uh, get the fuck out of here. Agree with me? There's no disagreeing with me. Kick rocks. <laughs> uh, hey, so hold on, so hold on. Let me let me let me break this down though. Aaron Rodgers, I feel for this motherfucker for for this reason alone. Like I got to coach Mercedes Lewis. Fucking, it feels like 20 years ago when he came out of Long Beach Poly. Before Dog, I played against Mercedes in college, and he's still playing. playing. I, I knew it. I'm like, dude, so time out. Mercedes Lewis <laughs> caught a two-yard touchdown yesterday against the fucking Giants. Yep. Are you got to be shitting me, man? Is Aaron Rodgers really that fucking up at wide out and tight ends talent because I don't understand how he can just continue to play with these fucking old dinosaurs at wide out and tight end and you expect him still to go to the Super Bowl in the mainstream media. He was 25 of 39, 222 and two touchdowns. You can argue Daniel Jones looked better than him in the second half for a multitude of reasons. I don't understand what's happening here in Green Bay. I would be livid, dog. And 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 and, and Matthew Stafford did it. He came out of a shit program. He got out. He bounced to the Rams. First year, wins a Super Bowl. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers may have to do the same thing, dog, just to say, all right, I'm going to win my second Super Bowl and be considered a little bit of a more of a GOAT because I really only have one Super Bowl and I can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. And this franchise will not give me wideouts to fucking win with. And I just find it hard to believe, Matt, if you go around the league, give me Minnesota's fucking wideouts with Aaron Rodgers. Give me fucking Cleveland's. Give me fucking Cincinnati's. Give me the Rams even. Oh my shit. What well, he would do. It and makes me it makes me wonder why they thought getting rid of Devontae Adams was a good idea. Because all they had, like Lazard's a good player, Cobb's a good player, they're good possession guys. Cobb's another four-year-old. They're not ones. Mercedes no. Lewis is old and he's a blocker first. Tunyon is a good player, but I don't know if he's a one tight end. They're they're they got good backs. Jones and Dill- and and AJ Dillon are solid players. Um, you can't get rid of Devontae Adams and then say, oh well, there's not going to be any drop off because we have Aaron Rodgers. That's fucking ridiculous. They should have done everything humanly possible to keep that guy in the building. And then they need to go add OBJ or add another elite receiver. Not consistently just being second round receiver hell while all they do is just draft receivers in the second round while they're spending first round draft picks on Jordan Love and shit. So if I'm, look, I've been saying this for years. Aaron Rodgers needed to leave two years ago. He needs to leave now. He needs to go find. Like, think about Aaron Rodgers playing for San Francisco. How fucking good the 49ers would be if they had A-Rod, okay? Think about some of these other teams around the National Football League that are loaded at the skill position uh, uh, positions, but their quarterback's inept. Think about him in Tennessee. Well, right now, Tennessee's not great, but just imagine, I'm going to say right now, Minnesota wideouts with him. Oh, my God. It's Can sick. you imagine if they didn't have Kirky Cousins and they put Aaron Rodgers into that, that pot? Holy shit. Sickening. Sickening. Even well, Detroit. Look, even, they, with, maybe, even with Detroit and golf putting up numbers, uh, they got blanked yesterday by New England. I said on my show, I said, Belichick will scheme a passing offense. He's not going to scheme a Lamar Jackson as well. He's going to scheme a passing offense where where Kirk or where golf just drops back all day. He's going to fucking embarrass him. 29 Patriots shut out the line. Lions defense is atrocious. Um, that 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 fucking offense for New England's as bad as it gets in the NFL, and 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 they allowed twenty nine to them. Um, the Lions, Aaron Glenn needs to go, dog. I don't understand how how MDC. How does he still have a job? I don't know, man. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't understand it. Um, you can't be that bad on defense and keep your job. It can't. It, it can't and does not work like that. Yeah, I don't get it, dude. I don't. I don't get it. Uh. All right, Chargers beat the Browns 30-28. Browns were up big. Brissett looked pretty good at times. Uh, Staley continues to do things that I just don't understand. Like, I I equate this, Matt, to the Tua situation where everyone on Twitter wants to say, well, you're the grown man. You wanted to choose to play. Well, first of all, if you play football in this household, in a Polynesian household, you're going to play at all costs, regardless of what the fuck you think. A, for all you naysayers that don't understand the culture. B, if you have any nuts and guts like me and Matt, we were going to go play as well and try to hide the concussion if we had one. Number two, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm concussed. In this matter, the coach to take the helmet because of the fact that we want to play at all costs. But we don't know what we don't know, and we don't understand the implication as a player for 20 years ahead. So take his helmet. 
We won't have this issue. But we did not do it. Now, changing over to the head coach. Okay, I've been around Chargers practice. I got a good one of my former kids on the team. I, I've had got guests on the team from the Chargers. And listen, I've heard Eckler and Pat McAfee. We are bought into Staley. If he says let's go for it on fourth, we're going to go for it. The problem is, I get it. I like it. You like their coach. You like your coach. You want to play for him. The issue is, if I'm leading you down this path, Matt, and the end of this fucking path is full of fucking bleach chloride, and we're going to dive in this thing and fucking <laughs> drown and kill ourselves, and you still trust me, then you're fucking ignorant. And the problem <laughs> is, this head coach is putting my team in a bad situation, Matt. And last night, they got lucky by a fucking shitty kicker. If that kicker's Buckner... That game's over. Cleveland wins. So, so what are we doing here in the NFL where you have to win games and put yourself in the best position as the head coach, as the leader of the franchise? On your minus 45, Matt, have you ever seen such a fucking idiotic call? Chargers are going to charge her, bro. We talk about this all the time. This is what the Chargers fucking do. And Staley, I thought he was – look, I thought last year what he did against the Raiders was fireable, Okay that I'm surprised they didn't fire him after that game last year. Now, this is all pre I know they won and great. You want a football game, I'm happy for you. I guarantee right fucking now document this shit. The Chargers if they either at the end of the year, the last 2 weeks of the season when they're fighting for a playoff spot or if they get in and they're in the wild card round, okay, and they don't get the first round by, which they ain't getting, this is going to be the reason they lose a game, 100%. His inability to fucking manage the clock and not knowing the situation and always, just regardless of what's going on, like it's a fucking game of Madden, this dude going for it. I'm not saying I want him to punt the ball on fourth and one every play. I don't need you to be the most conservative guy on earth. But I need you to act like you actually know what the fuck you're doing, kind of. I mean, just a little bit. Like, I know I'm just some dumbass watching the game and shit, but, <laughs> I mean, shit, man. You're making some decisions here where everybody on the sideline, you know damn well, every fucking buddy on the sideline's going, we're doing fucking what? It's like the, 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 the field goal at Seattle with Denver at the beginning of the year. 60 fucking four yards at night in Seattle on the fucking waterfront where the wind's swirling. We're doing fucking what? We have a better shot of fucking, like, you know, the Chicago backhand. I mean, come the fuck on. That's not happening. So Staley is, is putting himself in a position where all the media, the players, and the owner are going to look at him and go, well, you're the fucking reason we're losing. You're putting us in positions that are, yes. that are untenable. Yes, yes. You got to go. Peace. Translating wow. into this Monday Night Football game, uh, we're going to get into it in a minute. Raiders, Chiefs. Uh, Good game. Make sure you join us later on this afternoon. I'll have Zach Smith on Monday. I also have... Uh, award-winning journalist covering the Raiders, Heidi Fang. She will be joining the show this afternoon at the 1 o'clock hour to break down the Raiders-Chiefs game. So this show this week, I'm just telling you, between the morning show and the afternoon show um, is a fucking action-packed one. We have uh, we have guests after guests on. Tomorrow we have, uh, by the way, Matt, me and you will have uh, the great Michael Lombardi on, who's a former NFL uh, GM. Nice. Yeah, so he'll be on the morning with us for a few minutes to discuss um 
some quarterbacks and and, and kind of has a similar take as I do. So I, I can't wait for you to argue. And then tomorrow, uh, a fan favorite. I'm sure Matt has his own opinion of this man. He'll be on the show tomorrow in the afternoon. Rich Ornberger, former Charger. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Rich will be on the show tomorrow afternoon um, at the one o'clock hour. I think Dan Cilio is joining us this week. Hopefully uh, my great friend Dan Orlowski will be joining us. We also have former MMA and professional wrestler Danielle Camella. If you don't know who that is, she's she's a beautiful woman. She's a uh, she's a, the, one of the female wrestlers. She's been wrestling for a long time. So uh, check her out. She'll be joining us this week. And uh, that's just the beginning. Annie Ager, if you don't know who that is, she's the girl who does all the NFL breakdown stuff. Um, she's going to probably be joining us this week, and it's an action. Uh, the, isn't she the, the chick that talks shit, like, in yeah. different T-shirts? Yeah. yeah. She's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. She'll be on this week. So we got a fucking action-packed week, man, but it starts right here with me and Matt on this wake-up show. Um, we we get into all things real in football and NFL. We're, we're going to break this Monday night game down, but I have to address Matt's Colorado hoodie, and this is the reason I want to ask Matt this. Um has Mel Tucker ruined two programs in the last three years? And nobody's he, he, he really talking. fucked the bus. There's no doubt there. Um Michigan I mean, State, uh, look, uh, they won eleven games last year, won the Peach Bowl. They were a game away from playing in the Big Ten title game, even though Ohio State bitch stomped them. They beat Michigan. So I'm not gonna say that they're having a down year. They need to reload, get in the transfer portal and recruit. I I think that he's going to be fine at Michigan State. Um, if if CU went eleven and two last year and won the Peach Bowl and or the Sugar Bowl or whatever game they played in, and then they were struggling this year and they were two and four like Michigan State is, I'd be upset, but I'd be confident about the future. Midnight Mel fucked Colorado so bad when he left here, and but at the same time, hiring Carl Durrell was the real mistake. Going into the NFL and hiring a guy who hasn't been in college for 15 years and expecting him to be able to relate to this kind of generation's player and everything that we talk about, it just didn't work. Um, now I'm hearing that like Bill O'Brien is at the top of the list for CU. If they hire Bill O'Brien in Boulder, I'm going to fucking jump off of a bridge, bro. That is the worst hire you could ever imagine around college kids. That guy is a super prick. He is a he's a fucking job jumper. He's gonna leave in a year or two once he gets a win. Okay. He's he is the epitome of who you do not want leading a college football program. So the fact that that's even a fucking like a a, a leak out of the program is disgusting. Um, I'm actually going up there tomorrow when we get out done with our show. They practice at 9 30. I'm going to shadow the intern coach Mike Sanford, who's a good friend of mine. And just talk to him about what's going on, how to flip this around, how to turn it, the recruiting in the state, how to really build a wall around the state of Colorado and get that done because it's it's necessary. Um, but at the same time, man, it all comes down to it comes down to two things. Number one, they the university has to even up the the transfer restrictions. They've got to get rid of the things that keeps guys from transferring into Boulder. They're on the same restrictions as the service academies in Stanford. No offense to CU, but you ain't the Service Academy or Stanford. Get used to it. Guys go, or people come to CU to learn, learn how to roll blunts. All right? So stop fucking acting like it's some high academic institution and shit. We need to play football there to get people enrolled. Fucking loosen up the restrictions so we can get people in. Number two, 
spend fucking money on your assistant coaches and your head coach and then let them do their jobs and get your soft ass academic bullshit out of our face and let us go play football and build this program back to what it was. Coach Barnett, the great Coach Barnett used to always say, I'm here to reform as much as I am here to recruit. I'm not looking for the choir boy down the street with a 4-5. I want the guy who's on the edge of maybe being a fucking a, a, like a criminal, but also he can rush the passer and go be a fucking dog on the field. I can hone that into an NFL football player or, you know, or, or somebody that we can build a program around. So, yeah, Mel Tucker fucked us bad. Um but at the same time, at least they saw that this year was a disaster and they made changes. So pay the pay the buyout. And then I really, really need this team and these and the AD Rick George and the president to go out and hire a young, innovative, energy filled, offensive minded head coach that knows how to use social media and isn't afraid to have an opinion. And it, you know, is is there to play the game the way it's played now. And they've got to contribute money to the NIL. They've got to hire people that know what they're doing. They need to control the state from a recruiting standpoint, something they've struggled with so bad. Not just them. CSU struggles with it, too. But at the same time, I guarantee you this. When we post this today, somebody's going to get mad at Boulder or Fort Collins that I'm talking negative about the programs. And I'll get a fucking text message like, how dare you talk negative about the program or like CSU did. They just stopped talking. They won't even recruit the room because I said that they need to do a better job recruiting Colorado. So fuck me for being the bad guy, right? I've been doing this for 15 years, trying to get the two local programs to get their head out of their asses and, and operate at a higher level. But they're more concerned about the way I say things. And if I use motherfucker once in a sentence, all of a sudden I'm ostracized and I'm the bad guy, which is full circle of what we've been talking about all day. You can't win and be soft. You can't go out and be an ass kicker. And then every time somebody says something you don't like, you're like, oh, my God, call the political correct police and make sure that this mean, scary guy is gone. And it's not just me. It's the entire mindset. So, you know, it's I hope that they can figure this out and move forward. Um, college football. Look at a couple of schools right now. Kansas last year, they were three and 27 before this season. They're five and one and rolling. TCU was three and eight last year, lost all their big 12 games. They're fucking undefeated and rolling. I mean, Georgia Tech went out and fired their intern coach. They've won two games in a row. Colorado State of all teams the other night went into Nevada and fucking worst team I've ever seen on the field other than CU right now and won a fucking football game. So there's ways to do this correctly. And then there's ways to do this emotionally. And the University of Colorado is so wrapped up in like how people say things and the emotion and everybody, you know, everybody love everybody, ELE. And God forbid, if someone says something we don't like, we'll just, it's, it's okay. We're working hard. So we'll figure it out. Give me a fucking break, man. I mean, by the way, Darian Hagen uh, said, what's up? And I'm sure you'll see him tomorrow. Tell him I said he is a fucking epitome of a fucking slap dick and uh, let him know. I said. <laughs> uh, he said, I he said you're, you're he's tight, though. Uh, we grew up together, so I mean, fuck. I love DH, man. We're He's the buddies. fucking man. Uh, I wish I could tell you what he told me, but you'll learn later. Uh, no, the, it's okay. He'll just tell me. I know. Uh, the The Niners roll past the Panthers. Is Rule going to be the first fired NFL coach of the season? He's got to go, dog. They are terrible. And and look, Matt Rule might be some. I'm glad you said that. He might be somebody that CU can look at. He's taken Temple and Baylor 
from, I think Temple had one win the year before he came in. They won 11 games his last year. Baylor had one or two wins the year he came in. He won nine, 10 games the next year. And then set them up to win another Big 12 title actually left with his recruits. And I understand he, well, you just said Bill O'Brien can't come from the NFL or Alabama here. Totally different situation. Matt Rule has shown the ability to take a program that's struggling and can't win and turn it around really fast. That's what you need in Boulder. I need somebody that's done it. And then, it, look, four years from now, if they want to jump and go somewhere else after they've won 10 games in Boulder and things are turned around, fuck, okay, we'll deal with that when we get there. But this assumption that we need to go back in, the worst possible thing we can do, in my opinion, the worst possible thing we can do, in my opinion, is just go hire somebody because they coached in the NFL with no college background. You know, and I understand that Darrell coached at UCLA, but fuck, man, that was 2005. Rule was coaching at Baylor two years ago. So it, it's a it's different in how you look at it. Here, here's the, here's a deal. Mentally with everything right now. Did you question my job? Because I'm not. I'm, I'm confident with where I'm at. I haven't played well enough, obviously. But um, <laughs> like I said last week, there's a lot of ball left. Um, we just we have to get it fixed. That, that's that's how I'm wired. I don't live in the past. I live in the moment. I'm gonna that's fair. Figure it out and move. You suck, but it's fair. I mean, Baker Mayfield. Well, you live in the moment are, because you're shitty. You don't really prep shitty. tomorrow today. You live yeah. in the moment that you're shitty. That's you live what in I the moment where you might as well be the guy that cleans the porter potty. Look, uh, like what do I know though, Matt? I've been saying he's the worst quarterback in the NFL for four years. What do I know? Everybody hates on me. I said him and Carson Wentz are the two worst quarterbacks oh. in the NFL, but I don't know that anymore, Matt. Carson Wentz is bad, dog. Matt, let me let me ask you this, Matt. Let me break this down. If Matt McChesney held a gun to both sides of my temple and said, you have to take. Double barrel? Yeah, double barrel. Fuck. And then, and then Sarah has a shotgun to the back of my head. Shotgun to the dick. Yeah, Sarah does. Yeah, yeah, Sarah does. And, they, and you guys give me four quarterbacks and I have to choose two or I get my dick and my head blown off. Oh, God. Justin Fields. Tyler Murray. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Carson Wentz. I can only take two, and it has to be the right answer. Who the fuck do you – I just say, fuck it, kill me off now. <laughs> kill me. <laughs> because, dog, um, I can't take Justin Fields. I cannot take Kyler Murray because those two will not prepare. I don't think I don't think Carson Wentz has a fucking it factor, and I just think he's an absolute no, moron out there. That guy. He can't play. And then Baker Mayfield, the commercial guy. He should I have to take Kyler. I have to. And I you only gave him four who? I have to take Kyler Murray. You only gave oh. me four options. Out of those other three, though, those other three are really shitty. At least Kyler's kind of good and can do something on the field, maybe. But Kyler, Kyler's not going to – Matt, I know you enough to say. Not only the other three. The other three are dog to play, At least learn. You're, fuck you. You're not going to take Kyler. He won't prepare to learn. <laughs> no. Yeah, but – at the same time, if you only give me those four options, okay, so do I have a fifth option, which is just me. take the gun and shoot myself? <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. Like, like, like rather than letting right, these let me four kill me, I just I'll do I'll throw a fifth guy in there. I'll throw a fifth guy in there because I would really be fucked. Uh, you might as well take the double fucking wide baseball bat you talk about and shove it up my ass because if you add Derek Carr to the list, then I'm really fucked. 
Because I'm I'll not taking none of them motherfuckers. I don't know why you hate Carr so much, but he—I oh, don't horrible. think he's bad. I don't think he's that bad. Oh, he's horrible. He's fucking horrible. He All right, be- so leave that into this evening. Then I know you think Mahomes is average, which is crazy, and you don't like Carr. How do you feel about this evening? Because I, I look Raiders Chiefs. They always play each other tough. Are they in Vegas or are they in Arrowhead? Arrowhead. So they're in Arrowhead. That place is a fucking. It's like a bowling ball butcher knives, bro. You're getting hit. So I, I, I love the game tonight. I think it's going to be a quality fucking contest. Raiders Chiefs is always a good game. Arrowhead is a hard place to go win a football game. I'll take the Chiefs in the game, but I, I really do think that Carr is a good fit for what they're doing in, in, in Vegas. But McDaniels is the kind of guy, look, when McDaniels came to Denver, Matt, is he a good fit or is he an accepting fit? Because well, that's where I'm going again, with we're accepting mediocrity as the new excellence. Is so this he is where I'm going with this. He's accepted now because where he's at. They don't have anybody else. Next offseason, I would not be surprised at all if McDaniels is actively trying to get Carr out to get someone else, whoever that guy is, in. Because this is what he does. When I was with the Broncos, when McDaniels got hired here, Within a year, he had gotten rid of Cutler and Brandon Marshall and replaced them with Snorton Kyle Orton and Brandon Lloyd. And no offense to Brandon Lloyd and Snorton Kyle Orton, but fuck. I know Cutler's not an all-pro or anything, but he was a better player than Kyle goddamn Orton. And Brandon Marshall's a Hall of Fame receiver, dog. So, in my opinion, McDaniels doesn't want anybody around him that's going to challenge him. And unless Carr... Unless they make it to the playoffs and they turn this around, which winning tonight would definitely help that, I don't see how he can continue there as the quarterback. Happens. Sorry. But the simple fact that the, the quarterback position now, okay, with the, the NFL and how much fucking pressure they put on the, the quarterback to do everything, um, I know McDaniels wants a guy that can do everything, like a Tom Brady. And I don't know if Carr's that guy. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be a fucking uh, Raider next year. I don't, there's going to be a lot of movement this offseason. If you thought last offseason there was a lot of movement, um, just wait until this upcoming offseason. There's going to be a ton. Uh, yeah, I kind of tend to agree with you for as far as what we're going to expect tonight, Chiefs game. Uh, I got the Chiefs, but imagine Aaron Rodgers in, in Vegas. There's another good fit. Like, that's what I'm saying is. I'm just saying, though, that's a fucking. Trade trade Carr for Rodgers. Trade Carr and a first rounder and two first rounders and fucking, I don't know, a defensive player. Jonathan Abram or somebody that they want. And get Aaron Rodgers and a couple of picks. And the AFC West is about to have. It'll just be a fucking death match every Sunday. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I just think, well, first of all, you're going to have to get rid of Staley. You're going to have to get rid of McDaniels. You're going to have to get rid of Derek Carr. You're going to have to get rid of fucking these guys, in my opinion, to make that league a much better one. But that's where we're at. What I'm about not- what about Russell Wilson and the Broncos here before we before we get this done today? Yep. Uh, we got six minutes. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure you pound that like button, subscribe. Become a member today if you're not one. Go on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some new merch. That BMK right there stands for Bitch Made Cat, and that's a Woo! lot of you need that shit right there. Um, we will also, you see that logo on the bottom left right there? That is Matt. He has his own gear as well. We'll be putting that up and showing shit, it. Dog, we, I got to get together with your people. Maybe you guys can make my gear. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get – yeah, we can put it in our show. Uh, but make sure you head on over to CoachABStore.com, get you some merch, and uh, head on over to Canadip CBD. If you don't know what it is, it's right here, CanadipCBD.com. Those are awesome, by the way, Coach everyone. CBD. Go check those out. You got some? I fucking well, – I used to dip like a fucking animal. And I had to stop doing it because my face was going to fall off, and it's probably not a good look. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm big it. on those. I'll throw a couple of those in and fucking – all in my day. I, I miss that shit. I, I got. I, I need. I need. Yeah. I, I want to dip right now on the show. So the fucking dip's awesome. Talking That's football, why you miss it. Talking football. Uh, all right, real fast, real fast. I want to get your take on this, and then I want to talk about uh, Russell Wilson. Um, what do you think about Deion Sanders and this whole thing? I'm going to break it down with Zach Smith later on, but um, I I don't know what happened. I heard both uh, both deals. Um, to me, it's just football. I've had many worse ones than that. Uh, I, I heard the press conference from, obviously, uh, Eddie Robinson's junior, Eddie Robinson's son there. He talked about Dion is not swack. You guys need to stop believing he is. I kind of believe what he's saying. And then Dion comes back and says the thing that, you know, they all want him to say is like, who is swack? Nobody's swack. If I'm not swack, who is swack? So, like, there's a whole disgruntled. I think there's a lot of people that are pissed off that Dion's coming in wrecking shop and he's using his name and and it's getting kids and 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 they're winning and etc. Uh, and I believe that's what it is. And these other guys are so embedded in swack lore that they they're they're accustomed to being shitty. And yeah, that what more exactly? Kind of take it, huh? Like what more exactly? The swack is a is a quality conference. You know, it's awesome. I'm glad they do what they do. But I, no one gave a fuck about the swag until Deion Sanders went there. And Eddie Jordan. Eddie Jordan. Five star recruits. And yeah, he's in their same league. I mean, it, it seems like uh, Robinson Jr. is pissed off because they lost. And, you know, he doesn't have the same pull that Deion had. And he probably wants to be a head coach at a Power Five. And Deion's going to be, you know, it, it's walk like this excuse. He walked around the field and I didn't like it. It wasn't classy. Like, dog, you wouldn't be talking about this if you would have won. So I think that it's just a cop-out from a guy who fucking lost. So the SWAC conference, before Dion got there, no one talked about it at all. And now they've got five-star recruits at the sideline at Alabama A&M and Jackson State and so on and so forth. So, look, guys who are superstars who have shine – they attract the cameras and the lights and action. That's what it is. And Dion's definitely that. So, I mean, you can be as upset as you want at the baller, but I guarantee you this, Prime don't care. Prime knows who he is. And he. this is just more fuel for him. Why would you want to go play for Eddie Robinson Jr.? Come play for me. You know, no, this guy can't control himself after a loss. I was just like, oh, it's all good. We whipped that ass. Maybe we'll do it next year. Maybe we won't. Maybe I'll be at Georgia Tech and you'll still be at fucking Alabama State or wherever. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, fastest one and a half minutes left here. Russell Wilson hurt, labrum, torn labrum. He, he he just hasn't looked the same. Do we use that as a crutch now or as an excuse? Is it real? Is he just using it? Are the team using it? Are they fucking trying to get him out of there already after they paid him $200 million? What's the deal in Denver? You're local. You know what's going on. Um, break they're Russell they're stuck with Russ. He ain't going nowhere. They, fire, they, they gave him a ton of money guaranteed. I love how he's hurt now. After they've struggled, I just, I find that like, how dumb do you think we are? And then the third, the third part about this to wrap up the show is 
he doesn't look the same. He looks overweight. He doesn't look very motivated, honestly, to do anything but collect a check. Um, the, the system that he is doesn't look like it fits. And it seems to me like, I, I don't know, maybe Denver was sold a can of goods that they're not ready to open right now. And, and Russ, I mean, I, I understand that you want to eat and let's ride and all this other bullshit, but I want to win. And the people in Denver want to win. You're not in fucking Seattle anymore, dog. This is the Denver Broncos. This isn't the fucking Seahawks. This isn't the Sea the Sea Falcons up there in Seattle land where no one gives a shit. So, I don't know. They got to do a better job, though, I'll tell you that. No, no doubt. Hey, appreciate it, man. We're always here. Matt, stick around for two minutes afterwards real quick. Cool. Come on. Uh, we're going to end the show. We'll see you at 1 o'clock today. We got a great star-studded lineup. Uh, Raiders uh, journalist extraordinaire will be joining the show. Chili, I appreciate you becoming a member. Make sure you guys become a member. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. We're going to be members only eventually. And uh, head on over to the Stat Lab this morning afterwards, part of the Net Coach JB Network. He'll break down all things betting. Capo Will Hector, great community member of the show. He has his own show, Stat Lab, breaks all things betting down on his show. Me and Matt will go on his show one day and, and talk on it as well. So head on over there. Um, and if not, I'll see you guys at one o'clock today. Matt, hold on tight. I'll see you in a second. And uh, appreciate everybody. I'll see you at one o'clock for the Coach AB show. Peace. Peace.